Hi guys, it's Hannah. Welcome back for episode four of my podcast, The Hypochondriac's Guide. I spend a lot of time thinking about strange and terrible ways that I might die, and now, with the help of this podcast, you can too. Today I'm going to be talking about Nipah virus. If there was a betting pool on the disease that was going to become the next pandemic and maybe kill us all, this is the one I'd put my money on. Nipah virus is an RNA virus, which means it carries its genetic code in the form of RNA rather than DNA. It infects and replicates in the tissue of the brain and lungs in mammals, causing severe neurological and respiratory symptoms. In humans, symptoms begin with a headache, fever, and cough, progressing to confusion, seizures, and coma. Depending on the type of care available, between 40 and 70% of people infected with the virus will die. Even those who survive Nipah virus infection are not out of the woods. A percentage of survivors will experience persistent seizure activity and personality changes for the rest of their life. Even worse, Nipah virus can apparently lay dormant in the human body for months or even years and then reactivate and kill the host. The first confirmed outbreak of Nipah virus happened in Malaysia and Singapore in 1998, when hundreds of pig farmers developed encephalitis, a potentially fatal swelling of the brain. Over 250 cases were confirmed, and of these, about 40% succumbed to the disease. The pigs were sick too, it turned out, and a million animals were culled in an attempt to prevent further spread of the disease. And while that seemed to work, the fix was only temporary. Since the original outbreak, there have been deadly outbreaks nearly every year in India and Bangladesh. When scientists analyzed samples from the infected humans and pigs, they realized this wasn't a virus that had ever been seen before. When a totally new disease emerges like this, the most likely cause is a spillover event. This means that the virus has been living quietly in an animal host for probably thousands or millions of years, but has only recently passed into humans. Because the virus made the pigs so sick, scientists didn't think that they were the usual host for the virus. A host species doesn't usually get very sick or die from the virus. From an evolutionary perspective, this makes a lot of sense. If the virus killed its host species, it would run out of places to live pretty quickly. And, since viruses can't replicate outside of another organism, the virus would die out too. After an analysis of several species, scientists identified the host species, the flying fox, also known as the fruit bat. As a quick aside, is this not pretty much exactly the plot of the movie Contagion? Bats infect pigs on a farm who then infect humans, including Gwyneth Paltrow, who's apparently not very good at washing her hands or keeping it in her pants. Anyway, let's get back to the main story. Deadly diseases spread by bats are super bad news if you're a human that likes being alive. Any disease with an animal host is likely never to be eradicated, and it's much more difficult to track the locations of the disease in animals than in humans. Bats live all over the world, with the exception of very cold areas. Although the virus is most commonly found in a specific species of bat, whose range is limited to Africa, Asia, and Australia, which is still a pretty big part of the world, it is entirely possible that other bat species may be hosts as well. Secondly, unlike mice and rats, bats may travel many miles as they hunt each night, and some species migrate hundreds of miles, maximizing the area that they can distribute the virus. Lastly, bats are highly social animals, roosting in densely packed groups during the day, which means that a virus can quickly spread between animals. So diseases spread by bats have the potential to spread very fast and very far. Nipah virus is not a virus that you want to spread. It can only be studied in a biosafety level 4 lab, which means that it's one of the most contagious and most deadly pathogens that we know of. All labs are ranked from biosafety level 1 to 4. Level 1 means that the lab doesn't work with any pathogens that could be harmful to humans. For reference, HIV is only level 2. There's only a few other pathogens keeping Nipah virus company, 
in the biosafety level form, including smallpox and Ebola. So why have we never heard of Nipah virus? Probably because there haven't been any cases identified in the United States or Europe. There's so little news coverage of diseases that occur in developing nations. Even during the 2014 Ebola outbreak, the hardest-hitting news stories were about the super-rare cases of Ebola that reached the U.S. and Europe. But as the population grows and faraway countries become more and more closely connected, we really need to consider the health of everyone, not just people who live close to us or look like us. Not to get too cheesy, obviously. This is less about being a good person and more about whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life in a virus-proof underground bunker. I'm not your mom, but maybe in the future, you want to vote for people who support global health research and initiatives, just so that we don't all die. Because seriously, something like Nipah virus could kill us all. I said earlier that Nipah virus had a high potential to become the next pandemic, and here's why. First of all, there's so many ways that it can be transmitted. A human can become infected through contact with an infected bat or infected livestock, most likely a pig. Humans can also become infected through contact with other humans. The virus replicates in the lungs and has been found in the respiratory secretions of infected humans and animals. So infections can be spread through coughing or even through the preparation of a dead body for burial. Foodborne infections are also common. In areas where Nipah virus exists, it's a common practice to collect date palm sap, which is then turned into a liquor called tari. Bats, many of which may be infected, are attracted to the sap, depositing virus in the pots used to collect it. Unfortunately, the alcohol content of tari is low, only about 5%, which is not sufficient to destroy the virus, resulting in Nipah virus infection in people who drank contaminated tari. Number two, Nipah virus occurs in a region of the world that is densely populated. Over 2 billion people live in regions where the virus, or the species of bat that harbors the virus, are known to exist. That is a pretty decent chunk of the world's population that's at risk. Furthermore, many places within this region are highly connected to literally every other part of the world, except Antarctica, but no one cares about them. For example, Singapore, where several people were sickened in the 1998 outbreak, has nearly 7,000 flights in and out of the city every week. And that's just people. Several other outbreak areas may be exporting infected livestock or food products. Number three, Nipah is an RNA virus. This means that it mutates extremely quickly. Right now, the major factor that has kept Nipah virus from becoming a pandemic is that person-to-person -person transmission is relatively limited. If the virus acquires a mutation that makes transmission between people just a little more efficient, there could be a major outbreak. Number four, there are no approved treatments or vaccines. The antiviral drug Ribavirin has been used, although whether it's actually effective is completely uncertain. Right now, the best care is just supportive therapy, which means that doctors try to treat the symptoms of the disease rather than the disease itself. Obviously, with a 40 to 70% death rate, supportive care is a wildly inadequate way to treat Nipah virus infection. There have been some successful vaccines in animal models, but no trials have yet been attempted in humans. The extreme lethality and the proclivity for acquiring mutations are hurdles to the development of a vaccine. In many cases, a live attenuated virus is the most effective at producing a specific immune response, and thus the best immunity in the future. Live attenuated means that the virus has been altered so that it is not dangerous, and our immune system can kill it off pretty quickly. But in some viruses, there's the potential to revert to wild type, meaning that the virus can revert back to its original, potentially deadly form. Obviously, live attenuated viruses are not administered to humans if the virus shows a tendency to revert to wild type in animal trials, so definitely still get all your vaccines. Anyway, reverting to a deadly form is a possibility for Nipah virus vaccines, 
So scientists may have to develop other vaccine forms, which are safer, but can be more difficult and time-consuming to develop. So just to recap, Nipah virus is pretty contagious and extremely deadly. We have no vaccines or treatments, and the virus certainly has the potential to spread across the globe. And until today, most of you listening had probably never heard of it. If that doesn't keep you up at night, I don't know what will. That's it for this week. If you like this podcast, or if you didn't, please rate it and leave a comment on iTunes. Your feedback is really helpful. Thanks so much for listening to the Hypochondriac's Guide. See you next time.